Yo, yo, yo. What's up, podcast? And welcome back to episode two of the Black Shirt Podcast, or as it's known now as the Black Shirt Experience. Now, some of you are wondering, Tommy, what the hell are you talking about? As it turns out, there are seven billion people on the planet. And one of those seven billion, besides me, came up with the idea for the name The Black Shirt Podcast for me. So to get myself a little bit more diversified and uh, easier to find, I changed my name to The Black Shirt Experience with yours truly, Tommy Elkins. Uh, That being said, we are now on iTunes, Spotify, and other major podcast platforms. So go follow us there. Um, welcome back, guys. This is episode two. You thought I was gonna quit? You thought this was over? This ain't over till I say it's over. So that's like, you know, maybe 30 to 40 minutes. I don't know. Whenever this podcast is over, (laughs) I'm just not recording it. So I don't know yet. I can't see into the future. But that is a talking point on today's podcast episode. So we're going to get there. Before we get to that, I want to give a couple of special thanks to some people that gave me some real constructive criticism on my first episode, some thoughts and things that I can uh, do to improve myself and improve the podcast and improve the quality. So I just want to give a quick shout out to these people, Quan, Amber, Peter, Evie, and Tristan. Uh, thank you to you guys a lot for the criticism and what you guys said and for helping me out and listening in the first place. I really appreciate it. All right, let's get to it, guys. Today's episode is going to be featuring our first movie review. Yes, I know I talked a little bit about it in my first podcast, but today we are going to be reviewing Tenet. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. After that, we're going to talk about uh, some other space-time things, mainly the multiverse. We're going to talk about that for a little bit, and then I've got a little side story to tell you guys later that's really got nothing to do with either one of these things, but I just thought it'd be funny to tell. And finally, to end off today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about my Robin Hood portfolio. We're going to do a quick update uh, about some of the things I bought this week. And uh, I'm just going to let you guys give a little insight into that. So without further ado, we're going to start episode two of the Black Shirt Podcast, the Tommy Who Left Through Time. Let's talk about Tenet. Guys, I love this movie. It was pretty dope. Um, before we get anywhere... Actually, no, I'll leave the rating for last. That's what people usually do. I want to I wanna throw you guys off just yet with some unorthodox ratings in the very beginning. Who does that? Who does that? I would do that, but not this episode. <laughs> so, Tenet was written and directed by Christopher Nolan... Some of you may know him from uh, his other movies he's done, Inception, uh, he did Interstellar, the Dark Knight trilogy. He's he's done a lot of famous movies. A lot of you have probably seen all of these movies. 
And uh, this is his new venture, Tenet. It stars John David Washington, Robert Pattinson is in it, Elizabeth Debicki, and Kenneth Branagh. Those are like the big names. So let me read off the, what is the like Google uh, description of this film? Because it's kind of hard to explain. Give me a second. A secret agent embarks on a dangerous time-bending mission to prevent the start of World War III. That is both accurate and slightly inaccurate. So, first and foremost, Tenet is a spy movie. But it's a spy movie with kind of a sci-fi flair. Um, I don't know if you've, any of you have seen the trailers to this movie already. But it's kind of misleading. Like, the way the trailer sets it up to be, they make it kind of seem like it's going to be an action movie. It's not really an action movie. Now, there are action... There is action in the movie, and I'm going to get to that because, oh boy, the action scenes in this movie, like, had me, like, wow. I was like, God dang. I don't know how they did that, but they did that. But it's mostly a, a, a spy movie. Um, there's a, a bit of a mystery uh, in the first act of the movie. You really don't understand exactly what's going on. You're just armed with this word, tenant. And our hero, John David Washington, is thrown off into this world trying to figure out what's going on with this word. What does it mean? And how can he stop this plot that's basically going to uh, start World War III uh, or something much, much worse? Uh, John David Washington, he gives a good performance in the film. Um, I can't really say what else I've seen him in, but I do know he's like a upcoming star in the movie world. So uh, good performance by him. I hope to see him more. Um, going back, like, he's really good as the protagonist. He doesn't even have a name in the film. He's just called the protagonist. And he, he fits the role of the calm, cool, and collected spy very well. He takes to what's going on around him, not really with, like, any surprise or anything. He's just like, oh, okay, some, some crazy stuff is happening. Speaking of crazy stuff... This film, especially in the first act and kind of the second act, is kind of hard to follow. It's very space-time jargony. Um, the average person is going to have a little trouble understanding what's going on, especially since everyone in the film seems to talk fast. Like, they're just chomping at the bit to just get over with their lines and i'm not really sure why that is i'm not sure if that's just how they wanted to express themselves through the film or that's something nolan wanted them to do um it's just kind of jarring and like once you notice it you can't unnotice it it's not throughout the entire film but especially when they're doing like a exposition exposition dump or they're talking about something important, they seem to talk fast. And it's really getting on my nerves through a certain point in the film. But if you can get past all the space-time jargony stuff, then I think you'll really start to enjoy it. Now, 
you gotta understand this movie is I think it's over two hours long it you're gonna be here for a while and listening to all this stuff you'll have time to soak it all in uh and you don't need to because there's some very abstract concepts going on in the film you might want to actually watch it a couple times i plan on watching this movie again just because i want to make sure i catch everything uh mainly the thing going on with time in this movie they don't do time travel it's not a time travel movie per se their word that they use in the movie is called inversion or like moving backwards and that's all i'm gonna say about that i really don't want to say anything too spoilery um nothing that really isn't in the trailers anyway but that's that's all i'll say about that inversion guys is cool as hell i'm not gonna lie it's dope they do some really crazy stuff in this movie with inversion there's in particular um two scenes there's this hallway fight scene that you see in this movie and you're like god dang like how are they doing this it's really amazing what they do like you're just trying to like follow everything and at this point in the movie nothing's really explained so you're just like what is happening like it's it's really crazy just saying a fight happened that hasn't happened yet i know that doesn't make sense but trust me once you see the film you'll get it the visuals in this movie are stunning stunning dude i i remember there were a couple parts where i was like oh my god like there's just some amazing stuff going on on the screen right now particularly a highway chase scene and the last battle there is a battle in the third act that literally had my mind blown i was like wow i'm going to remember that specifically i wanted to talk about that for the film because there's a couple of sections that really use this inversion thing to their fullest extent and knowing what you know about inversion at the end of the movie from what you know in the beginning of the movie and everything that happens is is really dope this is really really dope Sorry about that. Had a quick technical difficulty, but we're back. Ain't nothing gonna stop this episode. So, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the third act battle. Just insane, man. Insane. Really enjoyed it. Um, Just seeing that whole thing play out was absolutely crazy to me. Um, The soundtrack as well is really dope. Um... There's a couple of tracks in here that, like, I caught on my first viewing. I was like, that's kind of a bop. Um, If I go to my Apple Music, what is it? Uh, Freeport. That song's kind of a bop, man. It's it's, it's subtle, but it's like... You're just like, hmm, I can jam to this. Not really in the situation and the context of what it was playing behind in the movie. But listening to it again, it's kind of a bop. Uh, this soundtrack was composed by Ludwig, God, I'm going to butcher your name, and I am sorry in advance, G- Gorenson? Gorenson? 
Uh, Mr. Ludwig, you did an amazing job with this soundtrack, and thank you for it, because it makes the movie really enjoyable to watch. Um, side note, people really underestimate the power of music and what it can like really do to influence how you feel when you're watching something or hearing something. Um, I know like any of you who have seen Joker and hear that music playing in the bathroom scene know exactly what I'm talking about. That music is so crucial because like any other soundtrack in that moment just would not have worked. But like hearing it, it's just like, wow, you understand exactly what this character is feeling without a word being spoken. Music is important. But back to the movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd say some of the things that are really flawed in the movie are the characters. This is a story-driven movie. Like, the thing that drives this movie forward is definitely the plot. It's not the characters. The characters are just what we're experiencing the plot through. Um, take, for instance, uh, John David Washington. I like his character, but sometimes his motivations for what he does in the film doesn't really match what he's there to do uh in particular because of his relationship with elizabeth debicki's character in the movie um elizabeth debicki she's kind of plays the damsel in the stress role i don't really want to call it that but like that's the best way i can put it um she definitely has the most depth in the movie you can really like uh feel her desperation for the situation that she's in and she just can't get out of it there's really no hope for her outside of john david washington's character and like you really feel that especially in her performance like you're like dang i i really feel bad for you and like you want her to to make it through this whole ordeal um and that's kind of where john david washington comes in the problem is his relationship with her in the film and what he's setting out to do, uh, they don't really match up and they kind of clash with each other at some points because you're really just like, hey, man, you got other stuff to do and you shouldn't be messing around over here. Robert Pattinson gives a pretty good performance. Nothing really crazy I could say about his character. Um, I'm really enjoying like watching him work more. It's really unfortunate that he got stuck with that twilight stigma for so long uh i could say the same thing for kristen stewart like she's an incredible actress just that twilight curse man Ooh, that's thick that, i'm sure that still sticks with them but i'm sure with roles like this and the new batman film and the lighthouse which is still on my list to see because it's got my man green goblin in it uh i'm definitely seeing him break out of that stigma and he's really proving himself as an actor uh, going to Kenneth Branagh, he plays this really hammy bad guy. Well, not too hammy, but he definitely, like, plays up his role. And I think he enjoys it, and so do I. I really enjoyed him in the film. He kind of stands out compared to everyone else who's kind of just going at this baseline level. Like, John David Washington, he's the cool, collected spy Robert Pattinson is like the buddy cop, assistant spy, best friend type deal. That's his role. Elizabeth Debicki, again, like I said, she kind of plays the damsel in the stress. But, you know, she's 
she's, she's competent, but like she's not in she's out of her depth with like the people she's messing with. But Kenneth Branagh, he's just like unapologetic, unapologetically like, yeah, I'm the bad guy. So what? I, I love it, and it works for me. It, it actually does. I actually like him as the antagonist in this film, and I think everyone working together really make this film really enjoyable. Um, it had a really good ending to me too. Not like super like, oh my god, I'll tell my kids about it. But, you know, so many times films like these can't quite stick the landing. And I think it stuck the landing. Um, I would definitely recommend Tenant to other people. And if I had to give it a rating, uh, it gets an 8. It gets an 8. Enjoyable movie. Um, flawed characters, nothing too crazy there. And the sound mixing. It's kind of weird. I'm not sure if it was just the theater I'm in, but I heard other people say that sound mixing was weird too, which is apparently an issue in Christopher Nolan films in general. Like when the first, um, when The Dark Knight Rises came out, like no one could understand Bane when that movie first came out and then they fixed it. So I'm not sure if they'll fix this on the Blu-ray, but definitely with them talking so fast and the music being the way it was, it made it kind of hard to understand them so hopefully they fix that in the future but yeah those tenant guys um a time space uh thriller adventure sci-fi spy movie pretty good pretty good you know it's funny like thinking about like time and space and like how vast it is just the the vastness and the unknown of it you ever think about that? The unknown? What's out there? You ever think that, like, this might be someone alternate, alternate reality? Like, we're the alternate reality. You ever think about how sometimes that maybe we're the good timeline? <laughs> like, we're the good ending to the world. That's so crazy to me. But that's the type of things that are possible in the multiverse. The multiverse, guys, think about that. This vast expanse of everything and nothing. When you think about it, people, Earth, our galaxy, we're just a speck on a speck growing infinitely smaller in a space that's growing infinitely larger. There's just no end to it. Maybe. We really don't know. There's no way to really know these things outside of just using the laws of physics and <clears throat> quantum computing and all of that stuff to really get a grasp on all of this. But I just thought it was interesting just thinking about how they use time and tenant to really tell this story. And time in our world is so linear but at the same time, it's not. I mean, you think about it. This moment we're in right now, one second has passed. I'm now technically living in the future, and then I'm living in the present, and now I'm in the past. Now I'm in the future again, but the future is past. There is no such thing as the present. There's only the future. There's only the past. Yada, yada, yada. It's a lot to... Uh, try to explain and really it's such a high concept that even I don't really know much about it myself or to the point where I could explain it 
to where it sounds very feasible to where I sound like a genius, which would never happen yet. I just thought it was interesting how they did this movie and it made me think about other things outside of myself. I would love to meet the multiverse me. Have coffee with him. Like, hey man, did you do that thing in fourth grade too? And he'd be like, yeah, but I did it this way. And I was like, that's crazy. I thought about doing it that way. I'm glad you did it. And then we swap stories like that and tell each other all the embarrassing things that we did. But it's okay, because we did them. Kind of. I mean, he technically did it slightly different. But it's like in the same way. If you could meet yourself from an alternate universe, what would you say to them? Honest question. Like, I'm, I'm asking you guys a question. If you could meet yourself from an alternate universe, what would you ask them? Really, it's asking something about yourself. Would you want them to change something? Would you like what you see? Would you hate what you see? It's an interesting question, guys. It's not something you would think about every day, but... Just think about it. The multiverse and all its unknowable unknowns, its grandeur, its its majesticness, its, its well, frankly, like uh, the fear of it all. Just there's just so much that you don't know, but you want to know. It's an infinite possibilities. Of realms of outside of our imagination, man. And that I just find to be incredibly interesting. And I would love to know more about it. One day. One day we'll find out if it's real or if it's not. But until then, we're just going to vibe here on Earth. In this time period. But I bet you $20 that there is an alternate world out there. With someone out there just like you. Just slightly different. And you'd be great friends with him. Or I would bet you $20 if I hadn't lost it playing freaking poker. So, side note story. <laughs> the other day, me and the fellas link up. And uh, my good guy Pete was like, hey man, we're going to play some poker. You want in? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want in. I'm about to clean these fools out. Knowing damn well, I haven't played poker since, I want to say, high school. I had no idea what I was doing. I had this little cheat sheet by me, basically telling me, like, the rules of the game and, like, a straight and a flush and how much they were. You know, I was was all hyped up. I was like, all right, I got this right here. I've played the game before. I remember I was kind of good at it. I'm like, you know what? I can hang with these guys. The first couple of hands, guys, I'm not going to lie, I was kicking ass. I was cleaning house. I had so many chips. I was like, oh, this is about to be a breeze. I'm about to win myself some money. Oh, I'm so excited. And then as the night went on, it, um, it, it changed. When I tell you, these guys cleaned me out. No mercy. Oh, dude, I look like little Timmy. Like, in the streets, just hobbling, asking for change. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. I even did a buyback in, and they cleaned me out so fast for my buyback in. But that's life. I had a good time playing, though. 
I would never endorse gambling. But if I did, I'd say play poker. That's fun. That's controllable. And if you're going to do it, do it with your close friends where there's no going to be, um, there's no love lost or anything like that. Everyone agreed to the terms and, you know, it was, it was pretty good. I actually don't know who won because I had to go because I had work the next morning. But fun time, guys. Fun times. If you do play again, I will definitely let you know next time if I get my ass beat or if I come home with a little extra cash in the trunk. You know what I'm saying? Get a little strange for the change. That's not what I meant at all. Can I cut that out? Can I? Can I cut that far out? I'm talking to my future uh, editor. So he's going to come back in the future and edit that part out. But until then, it's got to stay in for posterity's sake. That's not important. Focus on the, the unimportant parts. So not that. Don't don't focus on that. Don't focus on the money I lost. We're going to focus on the money I've gained in the stock market this week. We're going to talk about our last section of the podcast, which I have aptly named Investing Then Resting. That's pretty cool, right? I came up with that shit myself, and I think it sounds amazing. Anywho, that's not important. What is important is investing. Now, guys, like I said in the last episode, I just recently got into investing in April, and I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, gauging the stock market and learning about stocks and and spreadsheets and all this other types of stuff. But the important thing when it comes to investing is to just start doing it. Now, just don't throw money into any company that you just first see your eyes on. You always want to know what your company does. You never want to invest in something that you don't understand. But investing early right now in our times of our lives, I'm sure most of you listening are between 18 to 28. Investing now is the most important thing. And you can really set yourself up in the future to where you can live a very comfortable life living off your investments, man. Don't just let that money sit. Let your money work for you. With that being said, we're going to go to my Robinhood portfolio right now. I'm going to open that up and we're going to talk about some of the stocks that I bought this week. So looking at my portfolio, I am up 6.83% of all time over um, all time or I'm up $92, which is pretty good. I'd say despite everything going on in the stock market right now, being up right now, I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. And let's go over some of the shares that I picked up recently. Uh, The big one I'm happy for, I picked up two more shares of Coca-Cola. So I'm now at three shares for a market value of 147. Uh, I'm not sure many of you know this, but Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, Coca-Cola is one of his favorite stocks. And I can see why. Pays a pretty good dividend. It's got a dividend yield of 3.30. So that's not bad. It's not too big, but it's not too small. Coca-Cola is a brand that's recognized all across the world. You could go to pretty much almost any place on the planet and someone's going to recognize that Coca-Cola label. So it's got brand recognition. It's got a lot of money behind them. Their cash flow is good. And uh, this is a very stable company to invest in. And I'm definitely going to be putting more money in the Coca-Cola in the future. 
because this is a stock that's definitely going to stick around for the long haul. And that's the important thing. I'm a dividend investor, which means I'm in it for the long game. I'm not in it to play options, you know, day trading and stuff like that, penny stocks. I might dabble with that money, that type of stuff in the future. But until then, we're definitely going to stick with dividend investing, which I think is a winning strategy. And we're going to invest in good stocks that are going to stick around for a long time so I can just collect those dividends and get money while I sleep. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a long time. But the more you invest, the more you get that compound interest, the more your money will start to grow for you. And eventually, once you start reinvesting those dividends, that money into the stock market over and over again, you're going to notice some big changes and some big returns. And that's what I'm really excited for. So, yeah, I picked up two more shares of Coca-Cola. I'm now at three shares. I also picked up two more shares of Bank of America. And I'm now at 5.5 shares for a market value of 133. I'm up $4 in this um, on my shares of Bank of America, which is pretty good. Not complaining about that. They have a dividend yield of 2.97, payout ratio of 11.63. So it's a pretty healthy company. Um, they've got a wide economic moat, which basically means like how much money you would stand to probably make from this company. It's pretty good. Bank of America, obviously, is a big bank. I think it's the second biggest bank in America behind JP Morgan. Um, these guys have also gonna be around for a while bank of america is not gonna fail guys uh, unless like another bank crisis happens like way back in the day this it's not gonna fail now obviously when you're investing in any company you want to keep an eye on it i'm not saying you have to spend 12 hours a day looking into every little thing with the company but you want to make sure that the companies that you're investing into are healthy they're gonna stay around for a while and you're going to be able to invest a good amount of money into all of these stocks and not be worried about, hey, the market's crashing. This thing is about to just implode, right? Bank of America, that's a pretty good buy right now. And uh, I bought four more shares of Prospect Capital, uh, ticker symbol PSEC. Now, this company is a monthly dividend-paying stock. And I really only have it in here just for the dividend yield. It's got a crazy high dividend yield of 14.2, which honestly is not that great, only because companies with dividend yields that high generally tend to be unstable. Um, they have a lot of volatility, volatility in the market and most people don't like to invest in companies like these because they have a higher chance of getting their dividends cut. However, I just kind of have PSEC in here for now. I don't plan on putting too much money into this company. I do, however, like the monthly dividend it gives me. You know, imagine just getting free money every month. Obviously, it's not free because you have to spend money to make money. But over time, that stuff adds up, man. And right now, my current goal with my dividend portfolio is to make $1,000 annually a year. 
I know most of you are saying a thousand dollars. That's nothing. But you gotta think. That's that's a good amount of money every month. You know that's gas every month. That's like what fifty sixty dollars. <clears throat> that's not right. I did not do math right on that at all. That's a thousand dollars. So it's like eighty three dollars a month. Yeah, that's a couple. That's a couple of, uh, tanks of gas. That's uh, lunch. You know, that's a couple times you don't have to pack your lunch. You can buy lunch. Um, maybe that's like half of your phone bill. That's a lot, guys. Trust me, it's a lot. And you know, you build up from there. You go from a thousand dollars a year to two thousand to five thousand. Now you got twelve thousand a year. That's a thousand dollars a month. That's insane. Just how much it grows over time, and that's the goal. You're just, I'm just gonna grow this thing over time into something that can really call my own and live off of these dividends comfortably. It's gonna be hard, and it's gonna be a long journey. But hopefully, I want you guys to see that um, it's possible. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna show you guys my journey, and we're just gonna go through this thing together. And hopefully you guys like it. And maybe I can inspire some of you to start investing now too. And that would be really dope. Just uh, to inspire people to really do something that can really help them out in the future. But that's um that's about it for this episode of the Black Shirt Experience. I want to thank you guys for coming through again for checking out episode two. Um, I've been really busy lately. And I wanted to drop this episode Thursday, but some things came up and that just couldn't quite happen. But here I am recording this episode, ready to download this and get this ready for you guys. I'm going to save it and um, touch up a little bit and I'm going to release it. And hopefully when you guys uh, get it. You listen to it, you like it, you share it. If you do like it, share with your family, share with your friends. Uh, Tell other people about it. And if you don't, hey, thanks for coming by anyway. But that's it, guys. I'm going to see you on the next episode of the Black Shirt Experience. Stay tuned for that because it's going to be a Halloween-themed episode. And I'm very excited to do that one. Until then, guys, this has been Tommy. I'm out of here.